0: We're in the South. We have a lot of easy believism. Everybody saying they're Christian. Everybody said they profess Christ. But for those that are walking to the flesh, but not living by the spirit, they're not true believers. For those that are true believers, when they struggle, they turn into repentance. For those that are unbelievers, but sin that they're believers, they struggle, they turn more to unrepentance. So Paul is making his case, though, is that for those right here that are living in the flesh, condemnation is for you. For those that live in the spirit, the spirit is for you. And no condemnation, no condemnation is for you. With that said, we drop down to verse 12 now in our test today. Now we're going to be able to see how Paul now kind of go and farther in on why for those believers that don't have that, there's no combination for those believers, for them, they owe Christ everything. They are dead to Christ. They owe them everything. And we're going to do it in three points today. The ones whom the Spirit dwells in, in verse 12, 8. And part two is the brothers owe Christ everything in 12b. And the last one is going to be the brothers owes Christ. I mean, the brothers don't owe the flesh anything. I'm sorry. The brothers don't owe the flesh anything. So jump point number one. The ones whom the spirit dwells in. Look in 12a. So then, brothers, Paul has continued where he left off in the last session. He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So brothers, the brothers have the spirit dwelling in them. The brothers here we know of is not just the men in the church, the brothers also the sisters in the church. At this time in the biblical text, in the history, they will all say brothers. So most of the people in the room, if it's a whole group of people in the room, they would say brothers. Not just in the biblical language, right here we're saying brothers, it was common language within, within this time and age. When it's a group of men, and there's a couple of women in the, in, in, in the church, they would all say brothers. They do this also in the Arabic world as well. They would say brothers. But brothers is not only limited to men, This is also the sisters also within the church. So these brothers that we're talking about here are those that have the spirit in them. If you don't have the spirit in them, you're not a brother. So the spirit is an identifying marker of a true brother. They're the person that has the spirit of God in them. These are the same one that would not be condemned. There is therefore now a condemnation for those of them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. Who are these? Those are the brothers. So Paul here is making it clear in Romans 8 he's making it clear that the brothers had a spirit in them and that they would not be condemned even though sin is real in the Christian life in Romans 7. How Paul shared with us his struggles in the light, in his life. It's helped so to see that the Christian believer was not exempt from struggles, that we will go through struggles in life. We will go through the ups and downs in life. But the struggles cannot condemn you because we have the spirit in us. But how do we know proof of this? Well, Paul continued this in his Romans 9-11. Because also Christ was resurrected as proof of our assurance of not being condemned. Since Christ was raised to the Father, that is proof that we won't go to hell. This righteousness of God is revealed to the believer by faith to faith. We frowned about this in Romans 1. That we are forever righteous because Christ, what Christ has done. We don't get death, but we get life. So Paul starts this session in Romans 8, 12, letting us know that brothers, it is who he is talking to and talking about. The brothers are the Christians in the Roman church who has the spirit in them. So brothers, that is in this room, The sisters are in this room, If you are truly a believer in Christ, you have the spirit in you. If you have the spirit in you, the spirit does not like the things of this world. So if the spirit is in you, you're all about biblical unity within church. If the spirit is in you, you are fighting your flesh. The spirit is in you, you're not enticing others to sin. If the spirit is in you, you are telling others to turn into repentance. Anybody can say they play in the NBA. Zo and Trey, they can come up and say they play in the NBA. They can say anything, but do they really play in the NBA? No, they don't play in the NBA. People can say anything, but that doesn't mean it's true. People can say they believe in Jesus, but haven't turned in repentance and not living for Christ, and not trusting in what Christ has done. For those that say they truly believe, and they really believe with their heart, they turn to repentance. They're living by the Spirit, they're walking in the Spirit. For those in this room, the, the ones that are professing Christ, Listen to what I'm saying here. Consider these words that I'm saying here. Are you, assuming, are you assuming that you're a brother? By what you have said, and your life does not reflect the, um, the redemptive work of Christ? If, you're, if you are truly a brother and sister in Christ, your life reflects your bigger brother, which is the groom, which is Christ. So Paul lets us know right here, this is for the brothers, for the body of Christ. This is for the believers. Goes on to point number two, the brothers owe Christ everything. It tells us right here, we are debtors. If you notice in his text, and I'm not an English major. I know Shaquille is better than me in English. Paul doesn't use the plural form of you, does he? Look in your Bibles. He doesn't use the plural form of you, but he uses the plural form of I, which is the word we. So Paul is talking about a plurality of here. He's just not talking about one person. He's talking about a plurality of people. He even said, well, Paul includes himself with the brothers by saying we. Mary said, for a moment he just said, so then brothers. In verse 12, the, part, the first part of this, he's talking about the this Roman brothers here. He's talking about the Roman church in front of him, right? That he's writing to. These are the brothers. So then brothers. In response right here, and said, We. Paul now includes himself into this. Paul lets us see that he's a brother as well. And not just Paul. But all of the believers in Christ are brothers because they have the Spirit of God in them. So Paul uses we also in other places in Romans. Gosh, remember this in Romans 6. Let me read a couple of verses. What shall we say then? Circle we, if you can see it in Romans 6, 1. Shall we continue in sin? He says it again in Romans 6, 1. That grace may abound. God forbid. How shall we? that are dead to sin, live any longer therein. Know ye not that so many of us, this is again, us he include himself within his body, as were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized to his death. Therefore, we mm-hmm. are buried with him in baptism, into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we, we also shall walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him. That the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is free from sin. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. How many weeds did you all count in that? In Romans 6, 1 through 8. Some say, hey. Paul is overly and overly encouraging them to see that they can hear the words that come from him because he is including himself with them. Paul is including himself with them. Even our test does the same thing here. We are debtors. The same we that have uh, that that, that, that it talks about in Romans 6 verses 3 that know ye not that so many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ we're baptized into Christ the same ones Paul said he was baptized into Christ Roman church believers you were baptized in Christ so Paul includes himself throughout this Roman letter he let them see that, hey, I'm not so much better than you, that I'm a part of this with you. So even though the word letter is written to the Romans, it's also, it's written to all believers. Family is us as well. We are part of this. Paul tells us that we are debtors. So as the character and brothers are, they are debtors. One person says this, Therefore, we have an obligation. You owe someone something. They must have given something to you in the past or must have asked for something. But somehow, you owe someone something by being in debt to someone. I remember some years ago, Alina and I was in Israel. We were walking around and touring the old city of Jerusalem. And a guy came up and started telling us about the history of the city. He took us over here. And he looked at us right here. This is what this is, is right here. He said, come on, follow me some more. Let me show you what this is right here. This he is this. And I said, hey, tell me more about this. Tell me more about that. And I came to the conclusion, I said, man, this guy is so awesome. He is telling me the history of this old city. after some time went by, the gentleman said he was about to leave. He showed us around, he said he was about to leave. But right before he left, he said, hey, I think it's time for you to pay me now. I was like, excuse me? But what do you mean? He was like, I was your tour guide this entire time. So you need to pay me for my service. So think about that it Was you in this situation. You're walking around Jerusalem, looking around, and a guy walk up to you and start telling you about things. You didn't ask for a service, right? And he automatically just jumped in and said, this is what this is, this is what this is. And what happened the whole time, he asserted himself to be our tour guide. And now he said, you need to pay me. What were y'all done in that moment? We got to took go our running. I was like, you didn't tell me you were my tour guide. So he said, you should know, you should have known since that all the questions and answers I was asking you. Answering you. So for me, I didn't want to go to jail. I'm mean, in Israel, right? I don't want to go to jail. So I was like, huh, here, here you go. I gave him something. I can't remember what we rest in our pocket and gave him. At that moment, we was in debt. We owe him, we were in debt to him at this moment. We owe them something, even though, for me at this moment, it wasn't right. It wasn't a positive story here, but it shows us that if you owe someone something, that you have to pay them. But well, Christians, a positive note here. Look what Christ has done for us. No amount of money can come closer to what Christ has done for us. We owe him everything. We have sinned and we were separated from the promise of God. We couldn't save ourselves. We were alienated from God. It tells us in Romans 5, eight through 11. But God showed his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And says, therefore, receive reconciliation family we owe him everything we are debtors to Christ he justified us when we couldn't justify ourselves he loved us when we were sinners sinners don't spend time seeking after God but God spent time seeking after sinners we were seeking the desires of this world we didn't wake up one morning and say, I'm going to choose God. If God didn't wake us up when we we're dead in our sins, we would never chose him. Our salvation comes from the Lord. It doesn't come from our works. It doesn't come from our ability. It doesn't come from our nuance. It's come from Christ and Christ alone. We didn't turn to him first again. He did it first. <clears throat> if he didn't do it, we would never have happened. So we hold him everything. Someone might say that, well, you can lose your salvation. Family, if we can lose our salvation, we all will lose our salvation. We can't keep it. Right? If never, that was actually the case family. Christ has saved us and Christ has kept us. For him, he paid the debt for us. He paid the debt. We owe him everything. We owe him our life. Everything about our life should be devoted to Christ. Not just on Sunday morning, on Wednesday on how we drive a truck, on how we actually work as a CNA or a CPA or driving a C-Zero term. No, we don't take a break from being indebted to Christ. Our entire being indebted to Christ, if we don't see ourselves or we don't want ourselves to be dead to Christ with everything, we're not ready to follow Jesus. To follow after Jesus, you're willing to give your entire life to follow him. If you're not willing to let go of those idols for Jesus, you're trembling upon grace. But for believers, we should be willing to let it all go for his name's sake. We can't build on do it to repay him, we cannot repay him by our works. But we can honor him and rejoice in him for what he has done. We show in celebration. We thank Jesus for what he's done on how we live our lives. He's a good God. So a true Christian life is a life of thankfulness to the Lord. So question for you believers. Paul said to this Roman church, he said, we are debtors. CTRC, are you debtors to Christ? Only when you are dead is when it's convenient for you. When you messed up, right? Okay, let me go to him, right? Do you want to go to him during the bad times? Or you go to Christ at every single moment of your life? So are you dead to Christ here at CTRC? Or do you treat Christ like them credit card bills and the hospital bills. You keep annoying them and not taking them serious. Then you keep pushing them to the side. Them student loans. Then you keep pushing them to the side. The debt we might hold on a hospital bill. All the things we might hold, we keep pushing it and pushing those things to the side. That you treat Christ the same way. Do you actually go ahead and pay the hospital bill because you need to go to a hospital visit The hurry and just do it for the visit? Do we just go to Christ and go ahead because we want something else out of him? Family, we must take Christ serious. A true demonstration of a brother that is in Christ is someone that know they are forever dead to Christ. So, kids here this morning, are you dead to Christ? If you're dead to Christ, you live for Jesus. You run trapped for Jesus. You do everything not for your name's sake, you do it for his name, for his name to be known. Kids, you say no to those temptations to those friends that want to call you to entice you to do bad things, you say no to those things, so I want to live for Jesus. So we live our life to make Jesus known. We live for his glory. We live for his majesty. We don't take the worship and put it on ourselves. We give it all to him. We do it for Jesus. And "We are debtors to what Jesus had done. We don't get condemnations, we get Jesus." Breaches to our last point: the brothers don't owe the flesh anything. We don't owe the flesh anything. We owe Christ everything, not the flesh. The end of verse twelve: not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. Those that are not brothers are not dedicated to Christ, but to the flesh. But for those that are in Christ aren't to the flesh. Those that are dedicated to the flesh live according to the flesh. that do the things of the flesh. Listen to what Paul has said in Galatians about the flesh. I've mentioned it several times. But I say, walk by the spirit. And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. Family, you can't serve two masters. The Pharisees do more scriptures than anybody in this room. So many Pharisees do so many scriptures, and so many other Pharisees are going to hell. Are going to hell. <laughs> You can be in church on every Sunday morning and still be lost. The spirit and the flesh oppose each other. They're not on the same team. They don't wear the same jerseys. They don't like each other. The flesh don't like the spirit, the spirit don't like the flesh. Spirit. Do the things that honor the law, and honor the Lord. The flesh does the things that dishonor the Lord. Sexual morality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, imagery, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, robbery, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, orgies, things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things would not inherit the kingdom of God. For those that does such things would not inherit the kingdom of God. We don't get a second chance, fam. Once you die, is over. You do not get a second chance. For those that live according to the flesh would not inherit the kingdom of God. Kids, those that are not pleasant believers, listen to what I'm saying. This is the greatest news you ever can hear. Listen to what I'm saying here today. If you live according to the flesh, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. But those that follow after the Spirit will inherit the kingdom of God. that means condemnation is for, for those that are living in the flesh but for those that are living in the spirit there's no condemnation for you. So family if you if you know someone that is living in the flesh that are enjoying the desires of the flesh They did not have the spirit. It don't matter how many times, how good they can pray. It don't matter how good they can sing. It don't matter how good they can play the drums. It don't matter how many scriptures they know. If they're living in the flesh, and the desires of the flesh, and living in unrepentance, they did not have the spirit. And no one would make it to the kingdom of God without the spirit. family we all have an obligation to something we all in this room is indebted to, some, indebted to something are you indebted to Christ or are you indebted to the flesh it can't be both <coughs> one person said this each believer's responsibility is a positive one to live each day in the control and the power of the Holy Spirit but first Paul expressed this true neg- negativity, not to the sinful nature to the living, to, the, to it. Each Christian is to refuse to follow the inclination and desire of the sin nature. He is to deny the effort of that nature to impose his lifestyle on him. The reason is that a sinful manner of life results in death. This does not just suggest that a believer who sins will face eternal death in hell. Instead, it means he will not enjoy the spiritual life. He will seem like an unsaved person and will be unable to enjoy the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. You will die is literally, you are about to die, or you are you are at the point of dying. So, Paul, so one person says here that even for believers, they'll live into the flesh. You will not be able to live your God-given life and godliness by living in the flesh so for those that are believers you should be warned as well not to entertain the things of the flesh but live according to the spirit for those that are believer sin was still hurt today sin still hurt today as believers run from it deny it run from the flesh and run to Christ. And as you run to Christ, he will be exalted, he will be glorified. Let me end with a couple applications here. Family, remember that we are part of God's family. Brothers and sisters in Christ, we are part of a family that will never be cast out. Be committed to one another because Christ has brought us into the family. That's why we are brothers and sisters in Christ. Be committed. We need each other more than what we think. We need each other more than what we think. I have seen over the years how people have separated from a church and their lives are starting to decline. Starting to decline. More and more worldliness. More and more worldliness. More and more. The church is a safe haven. The church is a safe place for us. Brothers and sisters, we need each other. It said we here over and over. Paul used the word we. When you get out of the church and you stay away from the church, and not be committed to the church. You struggle more. You struggle more, you struggle more. The church is a safe place. The church is there to hold you accountable, and to challenge you. The church is there to love on you. The church is there for that. So remember, brothers and sisters, be committed to the church. We are. Wednesday night prayer time. Sunday. We have fellowship in the evening. Come. Be around each other more and more. Be committed to the church. Second thing. Remember, we owe Christ everything. Is your life totally submitted to Christ or is it divided by the world? For believe and remember, Christ wanted all. He wants all of you. Not some of you. He wants all of you. He doesn't want us to divide his worship with false worship. He wants us to worship with him with every moment of our lives. So, for those that are living, still living in infinite sin, you will not inherit the new God, and God's judgment is on you. You will be condemned. So, Christian church. Be encouraged to turn from your sins to Christ. For those in this room that said you believe and been baptized, and after hearing a message like this, and looking at your life now and saying that, well, I haven't lived in repentance. I wasn't a true believer. That's what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 5. He said, remove this person from the church for the saving of their soul. Give church discipline to them so eventually they can be saved. sometimes, I mean professing believers that are not true believers they need to hear a message like this so their souls can be saved so profess your sins to one another he's worth it all he's worth it all last thing a few ways to protect your heart from worldliness. Write these things down. A few ways to protect your heart from worldliness. Y'all ready? You go to the first one. Limit your time with worldly people. I'm not saying you can't be around worldly people. Don't don't say question. Don't be around anybody. Limit your time around worldly people. There's one thing about it. Being around worldly people can pick up habits quick. So put that in your notes, in your phone, in your notes. Limit time around worldly people. Kids, teenagers, who are your friends? Are your friends make you more like Christ? Or your friends encourage you more in the world? Limit time with worldly people. Second thing, limit time on social media. I'm not saying don't do social media. Limit time on social media. Social media shows us so many things that we have to process. Something be funny, something be good, something be bad. Protect your heart from it. Third thing I would say, limit time away from the word. Limit the time you're spending away from the word. Spend more time in God's Word. We are looking at encouraging more ways to be more in the Word here in the church here soon. But I would say, open up your Bibles. Keep a Bible by your nightstand. Keep a Bible in your car. Spend more time in God's Word. Another thing here limit time away from the church limit time away from the church be committed to the church be committed spend more time in the church we're not encouraging each other to go do worldly things here this morning are we we need to be around each other more also limit time and working extra hours I remember I was working. I worked a lot of this out for more money. I understand bills got to get paid. Make your money, but limit that time. So you won't get caught into idolatry. You're going to pay the bills off. You're going to have more bills. It's never going to stop. Give God that time. Give God that time. So again, family, limit your time on things. And give Christ everything. Give him your life on everything you do. And as you do that, he is glorified. And others can see that in you as well. Let me pray us out.